exciting news. We've kind of already talked about this, hinted at it. Probably wasn't a surprise to some uh, joining us here in this spot. Always permanent third member of the Move the Line team. Our friend in real life, our buddy who is, I'm jealous of right now, who is on vacation golfing uh, at one of the most beautiful golf resorts in the country. Uh, it is John Daigle. Daigle, welcome officially to Move the Line. Uh, really excited about all that we have coming uh, and get it started on the draft season. It's not really a vacation since I'm still working in between. <laughs> Nonetheless, sure. your boy was 94 on the final tee of number two this morning. And for reference, just to let you know, like Connor, I don't know if you're aware, scratch golfers at number two, Pinehurst, uh, they infamously shoot 84 to 87, mid to high 80s, because the greens, nothing sticks. It's an absolute disaster. Nothing sticks. And 94, hard right shot, left to right, no big deal. Hard right, that's an issue for my drive. In the trees, <clears throat> I see a bunker, 175 up, <clears throat> no big deal. I'll pull out a club. I will cut it short, and then approach over the bunker. Not going to go for the 180 to the green, out of the pine straw, around trees. God, I don't think I can make that happen. Play it safe. I typically am a smart golfer. And I shape shot it directly into the bunker. So third shot now, out of the bunker, plop it on the green, one long putt, up the hill for the next putt, 10-footer, broke 100, and I'm telling you, I feel like a god. That's the best <laughs> I am ever going to do at number two, and I'm happy with it. Nice. Any foot wedges? Do we have mulligans? Were you playing gallery balls, lost balls? There is there's far too much Skolanski bucks being passed around to allow for mulligans or anything like that. We get there like an hour and a half to the range early too. So get it all in because there are no excuses once the first tee hits. Love it. Absolutely love it. So lots well, of three putts. That's unusual but, uh, for you. But no mulligans. Yeah, well, three putts are not your game. Well, new the, uh, the Ponder screens have a response for you. It is my game. Actually, Connor Allen's game is not even three putting because he doesn't even get to the green. We make him pick, <laughs> up, his, we make him pick up his ball before he gets there. I haven't, I haven't been back to the range since, so uh, I, I would love to say I've gotten better, but I just. But haven't. I've been thinking, even while on the course, many courses actually, I've walked a lot of 18s already this week, but have been thinking about the NFL draft, and more importantly excited to start this now because i thought we were going to do a full mock draft but instead we're giving ourselves time to loosen up since we do have officially two more episodes until we get into the actual draft and we're just going to be doing our top 10 so that's really exciting no what are you talking about we're doing a full mock draft are we really <laughs> didn't you tell me we're doing top 10 no, you said, let's do a full mock draft. We said, well, let's do a top 10. And then Sal was like, no, let's do a full mock draft. And we're like, okay, sounds good. So then we prepped for a full mock draft. Um, but you know what? I say we just let it roll. And when when the wheels fall off, the wheels fall off. And that's JD, like an hour and a half episode. Hell? Good grief. We're, yeah, we're doing a full mock draft because this is what we changed to. I was right. prepared for a 10. Here's what we're doing. I'm the judge. I'm the judge and jury. We're going to rotate. Connor gets odds. Daigle gets evens. You get the first pick for that pick. I break the ties. So if you guys happen to agree, we move forward, we move on. We're going 32 deep. Uh, VR wants 32. We promise 32. Yeah. I don't I don't know if Daigle wants 32, but okay, we'll go 32. Well, Daigle did you want 10. You recommended it. You recommended it, Daigle. I don't think I recommended it. I think I, 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 think I said God. I thought that's what we were doing. God, and then you told me top receipts. 10 was the idea. And I said, okay. I will pull up the receipts right now and I will tweet out after the episode. I, I love you. I want to smack you. Stop so tweeting hard right now. Stop tweeting the <laughs> chat. Stop tweeting the Slack chat. 
All right, that's what we're doing. We're drafting a full draft. 32 first rounders, that's it. Connor picks odds, Dangle picks evens, I break ties. We move forward, we'll throw a little bit of market stuff in there. Market continues to evolve, develop. There is new stuff coming in different books. We'll do our best to try to give you uh, the best that we can because, again, it is a very fluid market. Uh, you know, books populate stuff. People hammer it. Uh, us, hopefully. We will not be doing any trades because adding trades to a highly variant event is just asinine. Um, I, we could talk to where we think teams might trade, but for the sake of the draft, we will not be doing any trades. Also, in your mock draft, don't put trades. Stop being an idiot. No, totally agree. Yeah, I think the best way to do it is, like you said, just mention where there so, could be trades, but like, how can you possibly worst, project trades? The worst content is trades in a mock draft. Just stop doing it. Yeah. Yeah, too fancy. So, okay, we're good. Head over to 444.com slash plans. You can get a betting sub. It's a fantastic deal. You can get everything on the site, all the NBA stuff we have. We still have betting for the PGA over there. Uh, if you haven't hopped over to BetSports Golf, again, uh, we just MMA stuff, uh, Formula One, NASCAR. We continue to roll out new sports. We have plans to do more. Uh, head over there. You can check out all the stuff, all the official plays that the three of us have put together uh, that is on a one single tracker on the site. Also stuff from other guys on the site too. Dalton Cates has been firing at long shots uh, from the, like the bottom of his toes for three months. Uh, has nothing but, uh, you know, plus 2000s on the board. Uh, Dalton is tracking all that too. All that also available in our subscriber only discord, 444.com slash plans. Sal, you can bring up the board. We're going to do our best. Uh, I was just showing them as an example. I want to give Connor's pick away here uh, of how we can do this here. But uh, this is what we'll do. Like I said, Connor, you'll go with the uh, evens and Dave will go with the odds. So, Connor, you are on the clock. Thanks, Jacksonville brother. Jaguars, first pick, 2022 NFL so, draft. So I'm doing the odds then. I'm doing I'm doing the odds. Okay. Correct. All right. So, I mean, I guess it really depends on how we want to start this. Personally, just quick bit here. I think all of us are kind of in locks up here. Um Hutchinson should not be a minus 250 favorite. Uh, Cam Robinson did sign his tag today, which kind of, you know, dilutes the chances, I guess, a little bit of uh, the Jaguars taking an offensive tackle. But the reality is no one knows. Uh, Trayvon Walker got a lot of steam today. And I think that where we're at today in the draft, most people seem to think it's him, uh, at least among sharp circles. So uh, I'm going to start it off with him. I think that that's probably the best scenario because, Take If we start with Equanu or Neil, uh, I mean, it shit gets off the rails real fast here uh, compared to any consensus. So I think for, you know, betting sake and kind of keeping the draft as like a, you know, a norm, semi-normal mock draft, at least to start, uh, I'll go with Walker. And Why do I want a semi-normal mock draft? Don't I want a draft that I think is going to happen? Like what's the, is yeah, the goal I mean, to like, to fit the consensus? Because people can just Google that. Walker is number one. I mean, Walker is like probably going to be the favorite like soon okay so i mean okay so who do you think it is then well that's not how this game works connor follow the rules jd's what? pick what okay fine do Walker. we add our spin on why yeah. or why not that is yeah i mean we don't want to be here for two hours i know that but i just I mean, want to I'm, know not, I'm, I'm not on vacation uh, you know, do so i have any i'm not on I'm vacation starting actually an hour over. earlier so i feel like i had two hours of time <laughs> But you can do like we can, well, you, you know. You didn't show up for a show if the key really good to talk to him fix. So, oh yeah. my god, it's not an argument. I'm just saying. Um, my my only my argument the whole time for Aiden Hutchinson has been that it wasn't him ever to begin with, 
and the Bucks only moved to adjust their handle because people started citing he's the fit with no actual info or reports. They just said, well, this is the fit. This is the logical fit. But again, remember, the Jaguar is not logical. So get your logical fits out of here. It does not matter. Uh, Noonan, you infamously don't even think Trayvon Walker is a good player, or at least in this range, and that's okay. Again, it doesn't matter. The Jaguars are not logical. They don't matter either. So of course they're going to screw this up. So I do not think it's Hutchinson. I have never thought it's Hutchinson, and I still am of the belief that if I was two months ago that Hutchinson is the third pick among the big three, and Trayvon Walker, Ecom, who I really did think was the number one overall until just recently, and then Hutchinson. I don't think Hutchinson goes here. Me neither. I, I don't think so either. So I think Walker or Ike, if you want to go either one. Uh, if you really want Neil, I guess you can make a case, but I think one of those two. I say let's go Walker and just go from there. I will not add as much to every pick, but I think it's important for number one because it does screw up an entire mock Like if you don't get this one correct. We can we can go into depth in the top like ten to fifteen, and then we can just rattle off the rest. I mean, I think this is why this draft is really interesting because you, there are definitely, uh, you especially at the top, there are a couple of just trigger points that mess up the entire domino effect. It changes the dynamic drastically. So, like you know, it feels less cookie cutter. Again, then it's kind of what happens when you don't have the sure things at the quarterback position that we don't have in this draft. We have quarterbacks that you know people are. I think smoke screening a little bit, maybe trying to position themselves for trades so that someone that is interested can you know, move up. Um, you know, Jacksonville, it's unfortunate. Obviously, when you land the number one pick, you want it to be as you know highly leveraged as possible. And because there is no one in dire situation trying to trade up to get a quarterback, they are ca- kind of stuck. Um, I'm of the mindset that you have a you have a quarterback that you just drafted number one last year that shouldn't you be doing everything you can to build around him and to protect him? When I look at their team, like not the defensive end isn't a need, but they had two guys, uh, Josh Allen and Dwayne Smoot, that both ranked in the top 20 in pass rush win rate last year. So like, again, you can always use extra defensive ends, but I feel like it's not as much of a need as you might have at the offensive line, even though they re-signed or, you know, tenured Ken Robinson to a, uh, you know, franchise deal. Like it's not a great offensive line. So I still think offensive line is very much here. I think you can get into a case where Neil and Icky is a coin flip. The betting markets over at FanDuel say, you know, Icky is a minus 150 favorite to be first old lineman off the board. So I would go that way. Uh, but if you guys think it's a defensive end for sure, and you want to go Walker, I'll go with Walker. Given, the, informa- given the information we have now, I think it makes more sense to go Walker. I am fairly confident right now. Could change in two weeks, but fairly confident it's Walker. All right. We won't go this long always in the first pick. Here's what I want to say about Walker. To Dago's point, it absolutely does not matter if he's a good a good player or not. Um, but there's a huge gap between what we saw from Hutchinson and Thibodeau from a like pass rush win rate standpoint at the college level. Uh, like almost double um, or basically like half of what those two guys did in like one of the best collegiate de- defenses of all time. So like he wasn't getting a ton of def- like attention. People weren't double teaming him and he could barely get to the quarterback. And he is like the ultimate shorts and t-shirt guy. They just like charted off you know, like measurables off the charts. And now he's going to get himself a-, a crap ton of money. Congratulations to the Walker family. Daigle. Newton, no, no quick, quick thing. Do you think that the Trent Balkin even knows what pass rush one rate is? I, mean, I would say someone else in the organization that could look at it and go like, okay, this kid didn't <laughs> like perform super well in an elite defense in college. I that, think like, I don't know. This is a, this is a common problem that people 
overestimate who is actually in front offices, like the kind of individuals and those minded individuals they have, because uh, a lot of offices don't have that person who's ever heard of pass rush win rate, like ever. Either way. Okay. We can go to the second pick. You were right. He had six sacks. I mean, I mean, so you don't want to get too deep with it. He had six sacks in, uh, you know, in college. This is, you know, as a junior. Not no, good. you make a fair point. Uh, again, like I don't, I don't care about the talent because I, I just. No, I agree. Through, I yeah. think it's just worth, the con- you know, conversation because he's not. It's worth good. the spin for sure. Also, I should say you used very quickly. We'll move on, Rick. We we spent a lot of time here that you used our Slack chat as a promotional for this show, and I don't owe you an apology, but I should say I am interested in the top ten. Uh, the only reason I said I was not interested when I am interested is one, you caught me in a bad stable for ground with on my seventh John Daly and the the rally heat was not was not the time to talk to me. Also, Connor <laughs> is the friend. I love Connor to death. But Connor <laughs> is your friend who shoots 10 text messages when I prefer the friend who gives me one sentence, what, where, and when, because what and where, I'll have a yes or no for you. And then when I use it to decipher really quick. So that's all I'm saying. Connor was shooting a lot of messages and I did not have time for a lot of messages. Yeah, I blame Elliot for that. That's an Elliot Chris thing. Like Elliot is just yes. like the king of that. Just like, what, just shoot me like a full sentence. It's, or you're two, okay if, it's okay if you're that individual. I just did not have time for that individual at that moment. I'm interested. I'm very into this. Yeah, it's not okay to be Elliot Chris, but that's a whole different conversation <laughs> for another day. <laughs> uh, you, Detroit um, on the clock, Tegel, number two. Um, probably excited that Hutchinson falls in their lap. I believe the Lions have zeroed in on Kayvon Thibodeau if the dra- mm. Jaguars draft, if they draft according to plan. But again, I'm not expecting them to draft according to any plan. I don't think they have a plan. And so if the Lions were not to pick Aiden Hutchinson, if he fell here, that's a signal that something is wrong in the universe. Because the first thing you hear anytime a scout mentions Hutchinson is his work ethic. And we all know Dan Campbell loves a great work ethic. Uh, I'm also positive Campbell has been, have seen Hutchinson's effort against the run on tape. That also pops. And then... While Thibodeau led all edge rushers at the combine with 27 bench reps for size and strength, uh, Hutchinson actually showed up to Michigan's pro day. He didn't compete in that at the combine, but he showed up to his pro day and did one more rep. He did 28 total. So Campbell sees all of this, and there's absolutely no way if Hutchinson falls, he passes on Hutchinson. Otherwise, I think the Lions are the spark or the wrench in everyone's mock draft that would go Thibodeau. What do you think, uh, Connor? No, I I 100% agree. I think that's great. Uh, we also have a comment here from Silva, you know, Tony Khan trying to wrap out uh, Trevon Walker's pass rush win rate. And Trent Balky would absolutely say, what is pass rush win rate? I mean, just very textbook in terms of the Jaguars. They have no idea what they're doing. But yes, Aiden Hutchinson here, uh, second overall, if he does not go first. I completely agree with Daigle that I think if Hutchinson um, goes one, that I definitely think that this is kind of where Thibodeau goes as well. I think that that's kind of where they're at. Um, I think that, that some of that early Thibodeau stuff is, uh, is kind of past and probably have to buy out of our uh, Thibodeau over five and a half at some point because uh, that seems like not a great number. Connor, three, Houston Texans. They're also on the clock at 13. They obviously have a lot of needs, new coaching staff. Uh, what do you think here with not really new coaching staff, new head coach um, here with uh, with Lovey, Houston Texans on the clock? Yeah, so – from what I've been hearing, I guess that and kind of the sources have been saying that, like, you know, they prefer Evan Neal to Ekim Aquanu. Uh, and 
Uh, I would probably lean here, him in this spot. Um, so I, I just think that given that Walker's gone, Hutchinson's gone, I mean, I guess they could have, they could draft Thibodeau, but apparently Nick Casario is not super big on the character thing. You know, he comes from obviously a place where character matters. Uh, so I, I think that in this spot here, I'm going to take Evan Neal. I think that that's probably um, probably my lean. But I think it's a toss-up. I think Aquanu could very well go there as well. Uh, also, he's over-under right now, three and a half. Uh, I've been really debating on taking some Neal third overall pick exact, uh, but I kind of wanted to wait till a little bit more information came out. It's plus 300 that, right now. The fact that Brandon Cooks and Larry Tunsil are making the most on their contracts on the Texans by far out of anyone else makes them cornerstones. Tunsil also has a contract for the next two years with them. But if they do go a direction, you could say, okay, well, it'd be left guard or right tackle. I could be an interior player. Um, and that's where Neil does come in since he played 760 snaps at right tackle in 2020 and 720 snaps at left guard in 2019. So the fit makes sense. Also, it is very, I don't know, odd. I think telling's the word to use that among all their top 30 visits, and they're throwing some guys that have no chance of drafting on their top 30 visits. Evan Neal doesn't have a single top 30 visit with them. And I think that's because they already know who he is. I think they're already infatuated with him, um, especially given Casario's Patriots ties. We know those ties run thicker than water to Nick Saban in Alabama. So I just think the fit, like, as I said, with Hutchinson or Thibodeau, the wrench in everyone's mock draft, if he fell there to number two, uh, Evan Neal is the ruiner of everyone's over-under props at number three, because I think the Texans have an eye on him. I like that. I, I didn't even think about the Alabama connection there too. Yeah. I think that, I mean, he's certainly getting into bettable range, I think for us, uh, to be honest. I mean, he's like literally plus 300, plus 350 to be number three overall. And I think in any scenario, barring Hutchinson falling to three, he's probably their pick. I would push back on the Patriots thing being a, like um, a character thing. It's more so like a, they want guys that love football. They kind of want like the, they want a room full of like first in last out guys more so than like, high character guys have actually kind of been the team where they'll reach out to a guy that maybe didn't have great character. You know, you think of Randy Moss where he was, you know, with the Raiders at the time, Corey Dillon, um, Albert Hainsworth. Like they, they're not afraid to grab those guys with questionable character. If they seem to be guys that they think love football. So I do think that the Alabama ties is, is an interesting one too here. Um, again, they do have Titus Howard and they are, on the hook for Larry Me Tunsil. So it is interesting. Again, Neil is a guy that can play guard. Uh, do you want to take a, a guard at third overall? We typically don't see that unless you think that you're going to be moving on from one of the other two tackles very soon. I don't, I don't necessarily think that that's the case. Um, I think that they would maybe go um, with an edge here, but again, I'm a tiebreaker. There was no tie. So you both pick Neil. Neil's going third to the Texans. Uh, we are back on the clock here for Daigle with the Jets. Uh, I'm glad I coincidentally ended up with this pick because I'm about to ruin everyone's mock draft. Um, I think the fact that, and again, my issue right now with mock draft season is that everyone hears a rumor and then goes to books and bets all of these rumors, right? Like it's, it can be someone who doesn't actually mock historically has no sources and everyone still runs to a book and ruins that prop forever. With the Jets and Connor Hughes, I believe he does have so strong sources within the Jets organization. Um, and he seems pretty convinced they are not going to draft Ahmad Gardner, Sauce Gardner, who everyone else is picking them for. We also know they are going to draft a wide receiver with one of their two picks. And I just ask, what if the steam gets so strong? And we're already getting there. 
What if the team gets so strong on Jameson Williams that they can't wait to have him go to number six because the Panthers could trade out and they know they need to pick him with a number four to make sure they jump the line because they can't wait for number 10. So I think there's a real strong chance that Jameson Williams goes at number four. Wow. I'm, I'm surprised that that's what you picked because I will be a rich man if that happens. Um, I sprinkled some 50 to one top five right now is still available. Jameson Williams. I looked for number four exactly for the exact same reasons. Um, you know, I've, I've heard that he's the number one receiver on the Jets board. I know that they like him a lot and potentially, uh, I mean, could go number five to even to the, to the, to the giants or a trade down. So yeah, let's, let's, I mean, I think it's a pretty wild pick, especially given everything that we see right now, but um, I mean, let's roll with it. All right. So they, they have a second pick at number 10. Do you think that there's a need to, to, pass on because if they want an edge rusher right they have a ton of needs really if you look at probably uh, they really have a, a, have a ton of needs so edge rusher is definitely one of them there's no chance like a Thibodeau is going to be there at 10 where there are numerous scenarios where not only obviously Jameson is there or James uh, Williams is there where we all agree is should probably be the number one receiver uh, if I think the fallback options there are better than like the fallback options from a pass rusher standpoint so I think that that's interesting but again I break ties. There's no tie to break. I also think that rumor about Thibodeau falling to the late late top 10, mid first round is because the Lions were the team that were interested or perhaps the Texans, but not in this range. Like I don't think the Jets are interested whatsoever in Thibodeau. I think he's the one that they would gloss over. And so maybe an interior lineman, like offensive line here, but, or like you said, maybe an edge rusher outside of that, but it still seems too early for that. They know they can allow other guys to fall for 10. So that's where I'm going with this one. And again, I, I know I'm ahead of it. No one's there yet and very well could be wrong, but I, I just think, and the fact that Jameson Williams was the number one overall by consensus wide receiver until that injury. Um, I don't think it's, it's something that matters in that we should look into this injury and then try to predict for year two. Like they know if they want this player, good chance he's glossed, he's he's grabbed before they pick again at number ten. And so they leap the line and take. We saw all this team today, right? Eight eight to the Falcons. That uh, you know, I mean, that was like a lot of a lot of talk that they were saying yeah. that he's their their top guy and guy that they're targeting. So but then we're, we're giving credence. We're, like of- we're cherry picking like what we're giving credence to, right? So we're just in, in a, one breath. We're talking about how. We're discrediting rumors because it's just this time of year. And then another, we're like, well, look at the, what happened today with all the Jamison, you know, Williams team. Jamison Williams has been like a drumbeat, though. And this has been like two weeks, like two and a half weeks of full stuff. And it gets but, louder every Yeah, but the, the top five stuff, I guess, is a little bit tough. I mean, other guys, I think that they could, they're in play for Jermaine Johnson. They're in play for Thibodeau here, certainly, as a pass rusher. I do agree with Dago, though. Probably pass rusher. It's a long shot that yeah. I'm trying to get ahead of. That's the thing. I'm trying to yeah. be ahead of here. And I, I think it's where we get to. I, I think they go pass rusher, receiver. We're going to go receiver. And then hopefully for them, they happens. think, you know, they can get Jermaine Johnson, who is a slightly worse Trayvon Walker. And I'd be fine with that because uh, I hate the Jets. So we will add Jamison in here. How far this you got to scroll? How far? Not oh, that, not that not, far. Because actually, not that far. I had to actually take my mock draft out of here to add ours. And I had him, um, you know, within the top 10. So I'm, I'm fine with it. He is, he's there. Like we didn't even touch on the fact that they they've continuously tried to trade for number one receivers on expiring contracts around the entire league, and all those guys, AJ Brown, Debo Samuel, Tyreek Hill, happen to, happen to also be super fast yak guys because they're trying to run the system 
that both Salah and uh, uh, Big Lafleur came from. So I, I just think it's like it's genuinely the perfect fit. I'm with Stags here. Uh, I think you have an edge, and then you have your choice of receiver. Um, they should have right. been fired two years ago, though. So it doesn't like even in their first year, it doesn't matter. Connor, Giants, five first two picks for the Giants. You get two picks in a row for the Giants. So five and seven, uh, five first. Yeah, I think this one actually for me is uh, you know, pretty easy one. I think that they pick uh Sauce Gardner here uh with their first pick. He's a great fit in uh Don Wink Martindale's scheme, uh best pure corner in the class, uh, you know, had great measurables, didn't allow a single touchdown in coverage in college. Uh, I mean, just checks all the boxes, I think, for them here. I think that they also, in this scenario, Ike Mekwanu is still on the board. Uh, hypothetically, if we if they think that the Panthers will not pick a quarterback, they could go with Aquanu here. Um, I think that they probably try and get their guy, uh, which is Sauce. So I'll go with that here. But at the same time, I think that if they are planning on sitting tight here, that that like five and seven, um, you know, would would potentially. I think that Sauce is going to go in one of those picks, but I'm just not sure which one. And I guess it depends on how the top of the board plays out. Um, so I guess actually let's in this scenario, let's go with the quantum because I guess if this falls this way, they're probably taking him over, uh, sauce because they know the Panthers are very, very, very likely not to pick a corner. So let's go with the quantum. All right. Good change. Cause there's no chance of the corner that they're taking sauce at six after taking, yeah, a, no, that's, uh, you know, a, a top that, 10 pick at this yeah. position. Last if a quantum is gone though, I think that there's a chance. I think there's a good chance they pick sauce at five. Why though? It's the same situation. It's the same situation. Yeah, but the then they can, we're trying they, to they can take answer, something else, though. The question we're trying to answer is, Ryan Bates and Brian Dable intelligent enough, forward-thinking enough to see if the Panthers aren't going to take a cornerback. Um, and that, that answer could go either way. That's my concern here. Um, maybe they don't see that at all, and they still make sure they get their guy in Gardner. Also, the Panthers don't have a need. It just is weird. I'm still not going to put him there. He's not a fit for the Panthers. They don't need him. But – like Gardner's the kind of guy they do historically draft. Like they only draft elite athletes, and Gardner is that guy. Even trading for CJ Henderson, um, it was still too early for the Jags to trade him, but they're a donkey organization. We know that. But also, like they handpicked CJ Henderson just because you know he ran a four three nine forty, a ninety first percentile spark score. Um, also had like he has four percent body fat and benches three eighty and five hundred forty five pound squat. Like they know the dudes they want in that lineup, and so Gardner fits that. But again, probably not going to take corner. Yeah, and then Stags brings up a good point here in chat. The Panthers could trade out, and this is something that Josh Morris has actually convinced me of. Actually, in the last like, I've been reading his tweets, and essentially he's saying that uh, Baker Mayfield or Jimmy Garoppolo will be theirs. So essentially. All of Scott Fitterer's comments saying, like, we need to keep drafting a QB. We need to, like, keep finding new QBs. Basically rotate until we find one that works, which, like, I think we're all in lockstep that, you know, Sam Donald is not the guy. But if they sign one of those guys, I think it changes the equation a lot for number six because I think we were all very interested in Pickett to six because we didn't think that uh, Mayfield and Garoppolo were in play, which has been all the reports until now, until, like, today. Like, five hours ago, it was tweeted, like, oh, actually, the Panthers are in on Baker Mayfield. So I think that, that changes a lot of things here. Um, so, I, I, yeah, I think that that's actually the other kind of uh, variable here. But for this mock, I say we go Aquanu at five, and then Daigle, you can make the pick at six. Saints also have added utility in the first round. And remember, one of the players they tried to trade up for last year was J.C. Horn. And so if Gardner's there, perhaps they also skip the line with their extra capital. 
I, I everyone wants to trade out. This is that, not a draft where there's a ton of mm-hmm. things. And I totally agree with VR here because, like, yeah, I mean, I think the Panthers they don't have a second and third round pick. So, like, yeah, they desperately want to get out of this pick. Um, but again, like, part of it is for the process. Like, they they just, yeah, I agree with Daigle. Like, Sauce might be a guy that checks the boxes. Um, it just I just can't imagine that they take a corner. Um, like Daigle or like Evan said, it's really the only strength on the roster. So, um. Diggle, you okay with uh, with Icky here at five, and then uh, Carolina sure. six. Okay, six on you, Diggle. Because the Panthers are taking Kenny Pickett. I, I know <laughs> what Norris has been saying, and I know Panther supporters have been saying that the Panthers need to get swept off their feet in order to actually make a drastic pick like a quarterback at number six overall. I don't think it takes much for them to get swept off their feet though, especially because they are still looking for an answer there and they whiffed on every single other method. They tried not just last year, but for the last two years as well, you're still a failing organization. I still think it's Kenny Pickett, just given the fact that he has ties to rule and recruiting him to temple initially full rule bailed out and took the job at Baylor and Pickett then switched to Pittsburgh. So still very strong belief Pickett's going there. Um, whether the Panthers beat writers want it or not. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I think it's right now in my mind, it's Pickett. Or in this scenario, Charles Cross, also a possibility, or a trade down. I think those are the kind of the three options in this scenario. I agree with that. I don't understand why a new GM is going to let a possible, essentially lame duck coach make a pick at the quarterback with a guy that he almost coached in college. Like, I just don't – I get, like, why there are ties and why there is obviously, like, he recruited him, he committed there, so it's not like they, you know, had met one time. There's obviously a relationship there, but, like, is Kenny Pickett going to save Matt Rule's job? And are you going to allow your uh, soon-to-be exited coach to make your really first pick in your new role as a GM? I just, I don't, I think it's a smokescreen. Uh, again, because yeah. they want to get out of the pick. So I think, I think it's Charles Cross. Uh, they have a pretty crappy offensive line. Um, I don't know that they know about pass block win rate or you know run block win rate either, but they were like bottom three in both of them last year. They have a crap offensive line. They need help there. Cross is coming from you know Mike Leach's system where it's mostly you know air raid, drops back a lot, probably needs some help as a run blocker. But again, I think he's probably a decent fit there too. So I get the picket thing. Uh, I just I don't think it actually happens. I think it's it's probably some of the just nuance of the draft. This is the other variable, right? So David Tepper went to Pitt. Um, you know, like sometimes we see owners force their hand like on uh, on GMs. But then again, like we've kind of seen, like the reports have been that he's actually been not involved at all in the football operations this offseason. So, yeah. and he doesn't really seem like the guy who's going to be like Jerry Jones, be like, no, we're picking Ezekiel Elliott over, you know, whatever, Jalen Ramsey. You know, like, he doesn't seem like that kind of guy. But, uh, you know, it's not like they're – you know, their, their draft has been stellars to this point with him. So the problem is, is you don't throw a Kenny Pickett here. It gets pretty complicated and where to find home for him. I mean, you know, again, you they, you we, know, we can suss it out, but uh, Daniel uh, Jeremiah said his floor is 18 uh, to the saints, but you literally mm-hmm. can't find a home for Pickett at all. No one would take him since we think the steel, well, we'll get to the Steelers at 20 later. Yeah. All right. I'm going cross as a tiebreaker. Okay. Uh, we have some, we have you. some comments from the chat to hurry it up. <laughs> go somewhere else don't watch we, like, i don't care we, not, we said we're going to spend more details on the top 10 since daigle thought we were just doing strictly a top 10 and has more notes for that and then we zoom along that's okay yeah it's friggin two weeks away like wait, go do what are you we're gonna watch an old rerun of friends like log off and watch it tomorrow or listen to the podcast like 
I don't know. Whatever. Sorry. Mm. This is Daigle's fault. Get me all riled up today, JD. Yeah, uh, I know. All right, let's go. We'll roll with uh, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau at seven. Um, well, wait. Your your original Sauce Gardner is still here. Oh, yeah. No, we're picking Sauce. Sorry, Sauce is still on board. Sauce, for sure. No, okay. Don't need any explanation there. I think we're all in lockstep. We talked about it. Pick Sauce there. Log out. Totally agree. Good with Sauce. Uh, JD, eight. Atlanta. I have no idea. I, I, I definitely do not want to put a quarterback here. Since I truly believe the fact they restructured Matt Ryan's contract initially before trading him was to simply keep him because they're not happy with his class. I don't think it's Malik Willis. I don't think it's Kenny Pickett. I think they're just going to take, since they have so many needs on defense, uh, AJ Terrell didn't change, despite being great, hasn't changed the defense one iota. Uh, I think we either get Devin Lloyd or Jermaine Johnson here. I'm not sure which one. For mock draft's sake, I'm going to say Jermaine Johnson, but I really don't know. Well, wow. Connor, what are your thoughts? Uh, I think kind of Garrett Wilson in this scenario, to be honest. Um, just yeah, because, they can replace Calvin Ridley. I'm happy changing that. That's fine. Like I said, I they mean, have so many needs, man. I don't know. Yeah, like they could really go all over the board, but it's like seems like everyone is also like on wide receiver. Maybe that's wrong. Maybe it's group think, but it seems like this has to have come rooted from somewhere. So also I, uh, you know, wide receiver to Atlanta. Uh, Dalton Cates played it today in our Discord. It was like plus 250 or something like that. I think that's viable. Anything above plus 200 or higher. Because it's probably like I think like a 50-50 shot at wide receiver or anything else. Name name three receivers on the Falcons right now. Not Calvin Ridley and Cal and Kyle Pitts doesn't count. I mean me or Connor. At this, at this point, I'm not even, I'm not even sure that I can. It's like, not, I mean, job, they, so yeah. they've lost like everyone. So it's ugly, dude. It's yeah. it's, uh, it's not good. You know, there's I mean, we Olamide Zacchaeus, we have a lot of like Chad Hansons and uh um like Daryl Hodge, Christian Blake still on Christian Blake, Daryl well. Hodge. It's not great, dude. It's, you know, uh, so I think it's receiver. Um, I think this is a great spot for Jameson uh, Williams. Uh, yeah, I agree. Doesn't go another option. If you happen to have a top 10 ticket on him, I think this is a good spot also with, uh, with the jets there at either one of those picks. So um, I'm going to go receiver here and I'm going to go with, uh, with Connor's pick of uh, Garrett Wilson. All uh, right, Seattle to uh, Connor. Is that back to me? Okay. Um, we will go with uh, Jermaine Johnson. Um, from my understanding, I did, this pick for me is between Derek Stingley and Jermaine Johnson uh, for the Seahawks. I think that they could also very well go quarterback. They just had Desmond Ritter top 30 visit today, but uh, it seems a little bit early for a guy like him. So uh, I probably just I'll, – I'll say Jermaine Johnson. Why are you of the belief it's one of those two? Uh, I mean, based on uh, some of the Seahawks, like insiders, essentially, that's who they were focusing in on. And uh, at this point, like looking at kind of their needs, I mean, who, who would you bring up uh, otherwise, I guess, like, you know, like in this range, you know, it's hard for me to pinpoint, I guess, anyone else. Uh, maybe I guess Thibodeau at this point, too, is probably very much in play. If Charles Cross is here, I imagine they go that. I don't think they get away from offensive line at all. I think that's okay. what they're pretty much penciled in with. So I think they go offensive line too. And I think Charles Cross is a pretty terrible fit for what I think that they want to do because yeah. we know that they want to just establish the hell out of the, the run. And Trevor Penning is a bulldozer of a human being like six, seven. He, I saw his like relative athletic score. It's like sixth out of like the last 35 years of the position, the like a big ass dude that ran like, sub four, nine, um, six, seven, three and a quarter. I think he's just kind of a run blocking mauler. It's a little early for, for Penning, 
Um, but that's who I'm mocking that position because I think that works for what they want to do, establishing the run. And uh, I mean, at this point, I kind of agree with the board. Like, Tibbs should be there. I can't really see them passing on someone like this. But again, is it a fit? Like, Seattle has holes all over the place too. So you can make a case for a quarterback and go there. But I, I like Penning. But again, you know, crosses off the board too. So do we throw Tibbs here? Because he should be off the board. Did we get we gift the Giants the reverse yes. order that we shouldn't have done originally? The Jets needs at four and ten are wide receiver, edge, O line, yeah. and whichever mm-hmm. one, whichever two of three they want to address first. So they let the best player fall here and just go Thibodeau to stop the plummet. Okay, so and they address so, two of those three needs. So nine are we? Who are we rolling with? Thibs? Or are we rolling with uh, um, Cross? Cross is off the board he's in Carolina. Oh yeah, he's, he's off the board. So then at nine or Penning, sorry. What, what do we what do we want to do at nine first? That's what we got to figure out. I like Penning, unless you guys have a. Uh, I think it's a little different. Silva um, made a case for Devin Lloyd. I know he he bet a, a twelve to one Devin Lloyd ticket. Bobby Wagner replacement, classic Pete Carroll pick. Uh, I mean, I could certainly see it, especially in this scenario. Again, like I listed off two kind of lukewarm guys here that I, it's not like I have a ton of confidence. Just two that I think I've seen them been linked to. Um, so yeah, let's quarterbacks roll. viable there too. I, I mean, I'll yeah. break the tie and go pinning. I think it's offensive okay, line. That's fine. Lloyd makes a lot of sense. Um, I think it's offensive line though. All right, we're gonna go in the wrong order. Thibodeau okay. should be four, Williams okay. should be ten, but we get the point home. The Jets fans back ass into the right picks. Uh back to Connor at eleven on the Washington Commanders. Yeah, so I'm gonna go with uh Chris Olave here. I think that. Uh, if Garrett Wilson's on the board, I think that they go with Wilson. Um, but I think that Olave is probably uh, the guy here. It's, I mean, I know that there's some stats about how often that Ron Rivera actually goes to, you know, visits or goes to pro days. This is one of them. He went to their pro day um, and they obviously have a massive need of wide receiver. Um, I, I think that there's been a lot of buzz about Olave at 11. I'm not sure I can find a great spot for him. Otherwise, there's a couple others, but uh, I think that 11 here, I'll go with Olave. JD? Malavi's fine. Connor cited everything we need to know. All right. Minnesota on the clock, Tegel, number 12. It Oddly enough, it doesn't matter, Olave for this year, since Terry McLaurin's in the same boat. Uh, these targets from Carson Wentz do not matter in the slightest. It's the same projected as last year, which is not good, considering he was 25th in fantasy points per game, I believe. And so, uh, you know, drafting him as a top 15 receiver in best ball is really stupid. Uh, I believe Derek Stingley, we get him off the board here to the Vikings. I think quarterback is their ideal fit. That's what they're trying to grab here with the first pick. And the fact that as Vegas refund notes in the chat, a five-star recruit falls to them. Uh, they could absolutely use his athleticism in the secondary. So I'm going Stingley here. Yeah. I mean, also we got the whole, uh, whatever, like uh, Patrick Peterson narrative or whatever, of like, you know, the, the LSU, uh, you know, mentor, uh, kind of narrative that, that should be your favorite actually right the mentor the mentor 2.0 right here for daigle uh derek stingley Patrick do not Peterson. do not do not dub that i will dub the mentor 2.0 whenever it's called more. it is not Patrick peterson and derek stingley <laughs> i think this is the stingley floor as well i also do think that he is in play at nine for seattle but uh the offensive line is a same thing i mean obviously you could certainly go to 11 too i think uh i just you know olave has been kind of the hot name link there agreed yeah, I just think when you look at that Seattle offensive line, I kind of agree with Daigle. It is really bad. Um, they need someone there, and I think they probably address it early. And they are one of those teams historically that have left us kind of scratching our heads at times where we're like, 
what was that in the first round? Um, so I think that that's an interesting spot for Stingley to land at 12. Back to Connor, Houston, 13. They also picked three, obviously already addressed the offensive line. Um, what's left for them at 13? Yeah, I think this is actually a great trade down spot. We mentioned that we would talk about this. I think this is a great trade down spot for them. Uh, but otherwise, since we're not going to project trades, uh, I think Stags brings up a good point here. Between Jordan Davis and Kyle Hamilton, I think this is where Hamilton's slide falls, or, uh, you know, kind of like ends. I would say that you know, his over-under opened up at 5.5, uh, was sitting at 6.5 for a while, and now it's all the way up to 8.5. But to be honest, like, I mean, we just went through the top 10. Like, we didn't even mention Kyle Hamilton once, right? I mean, his name was not come up until now. Uh, so, I, I mean, I personally think that he's going to fall out of the top 10. I think that he's still playable at 8.5 uh, on the over. Uh, but yeah, this is where I'll, I would, I'm going to put him at 13. A couple of weeks ago, Daigle, uh, he was like the prohibitive favorite to go number two overall. Uh, and then was also the same for number three. And now he just kind of, I don't know, nothing happened. He's still a safety. He was a safety when he was that type of prospect beforehand. I think we just fall out of love with safeties often. What do you think here with Houston? Houston is a disaster. They need everything yeah. as well. I think, yeah. I think, you know, Jordan Davis is in there. I think George, how do you pronounce it? Kralaftis? How do you pronounce yep. the Greek term of it? Kralaftis? Uh, I think he's in play here. Um, yeah, they, they genuinely just need everything. Stingley, I think they would hope he falls. But again, I really do have him mocked to the Vikings. So they just need everything. I don't know. I don't have a definitive answer. Yeah, yeah okay, you get well, a bad pro day. I get it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. ran a 4-7. I mean, that is that is really, really slow. I mean, especially pro days where you should be running faster than your, your combine because they always juice the times. As, as as Stags notes, Jordan, Jordan Davis and Kyle Hamilton also make sense here too. Yeah. So, all right. I would say let's roll with Hamilton. Yeah. Um, all right. Tegel, Baltimore, 14. Also lots of needs, but I'm going to stop George Kalaftis dropping here. I think it makes a lot of sense. I think Edge is their, still their number one need. Um, he's a player we have seen routinely mocked in the mid-first around this range right now. I think his floor is somewhere around four. 14 to 16. I think that's where we should be looking at him at. So that's where I have here. Isn't this number like 18 and a half, Connor? So eight, 17 and a half or something like that? Um, yeah, let me check on that. Because so the Ravens yeah. have also been rumored to draft a quarterback here as well, but that doesn't make Yeah, well, that was in uh, what Daniel Jeremiah's latest uh, pod, right? Um, yeah, it just doesn't make much. They have Tyler Huntley. They, they've also been rumored to trade. I mean, is Lamar about to get suspended or something? Or is, no, he's know, on like, he's on an expiring contract, and they they can't reach an agreement. But they're not yeah. they're not even like close to the same number. I would lay so much money on Baltimore not drafting a quarterback here. Like that that seems like the most I would pre-draft. You know, to use a, a talking head to try to leverage a deal or something. Like I I can't. Can yeah, imagine because that. I mean, yeah, there's just no. I mean, especially in this quarterback class. I mean, maybe if they somehow like. Lamar got injured the whole season. They had a top five pick, but in this class, I mean specifically, seems like pretty much no way. Carlaftis over under sixteen and a half, over minus one ninety, under plus one fifty on sixteen and a half. So if you like that, then uh, I mean that's a that's a pretty good bet. He keeps getting brought up in this range. Yeah, I mean, there's another guy that everyone loved who I don't think is. I think another workout wonder is is Jermaine Johnson, who is. Again, also still on the board. I think his over-under is significantly higher. Is it not? Being closer to even money to go top 10. Who are you looking at? Uh, Jermaine Johnson. Oh, yeah. Jermaine Johnson is like over-under nine and a half. So, yeah. yeah, I think that he's also very much in play here. I think that he could go – he should go ahead of Carl Laftis, uh, to be honest. We can change it. 
Well, we haven't made it because I was just trying to get Connor's. Okay. Yeah, I would say Jermaine should be probably be the pick here. Yeah, let's go ahead and change it. Um, and then uh, next pick, I think, should be between uh, Jordan he Davis probably and Carl Aftis. I think that's kind of the range we're looking at. First the uh, two Eagles. for the Eagles. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, again, I don't, at this point, I don't really have a ton of conviction. Just like I think some of the picks we have some links, but at this point, there's a lot of kind of guys who they should go in this range. But uh, I don't think we will start in the next week or two, kind of get like more like team to player connections in this like 15 to 32 range. Yeah, so it gets a little tougher, especially when you have two picks. So yeah. Like, oh, and, and Dalton brings up a good point. We have not picked Drake London yet. This is a great spot actually for Drake London. Um, I think that he could go 10 to Jets if they don't pick for Jamison Williams and don't get a wide out four. I think he's a great selection of 10, assuming the Falcons pick, you know, whatever, Jamison at eight. So I think that at 15, if he's still on the board, I would probably go London. I say pick your wide receiver because these next two picks, or at least one of these next two picks, both the Eagles and Saints are going to be wide receivers. So take your pick of the lottery because the way they fall after Garrett Wilson and Olave is it's pretty wild. We'll go London there. I agree with Connor. I think London to 10 makes a lot of sense. If Jamison Williams is not the guy, um, just kind of fits with like the rest of the guys they have on the staff. Um, as far as like, you know, Elijah Moore and uh, Corey Davis, Braxton Berrios, I think a big body guy like London, who's profiled with like a Mike Evans, Kenny Galladay, um, even a Michael Pittman type, I think makes a lot of sense. Another big body receiver to the Eagles. Let's see if this one works uh, back to Daigle in the Saints at 16. I want to get Traylon Burks off the board here just to keep on practicing later into the oh, first wow. round without him because I think him or John – He needs to log off and bet his uh, his over. His under. His under. Yeah, he's at like 23 and a half. That's, uh, I mean, 23 that's, and a half? Yeah, he's expected to be the last among that group of wideouts. Don't the Saints take him one of their picks? Eagles, the Eagles, there's been a lot of smoke, but Kemsky – Jimmy Kimsky, who is very on top of these things, seems to think that Burks actually isn't a real option for Philadelphia. But for either Arizona or New Orleans, I think he's definitely in play. I agree. No, I think that those are there's some great fits for him coming up. I mean, there's like we've we've seen it here. There's like ten wide receiver needy teams in the next the rest of the pick, like first round. So a lot of fits. All right. That's off the board to me for sure, but I will take it. That's the part of the process. He is, I, I think, maybe a guy that we like in the, you know, dynasty prospect community more so than teams. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, okay, so here, I I mean, we heard that the Chargers are not really happy with their cornerback room. So I think that a cornerback um, probably makes sense here. So if we're looking at corner, looking at a guy like, Maybe like Trent McDuffie, um, you know, I mean, it, it, then it gets a little bit further down the board here. Uh, so, yeah, I think that probably McDuffie is probably good to slot in here. But, I mean, that's what the latest bit here was, that they're not the Chargers, like, really want to upgrade at corner. So, I think that, that could be the pick. Tossed a ton of money at J.C. Jackson. Um, but, again, could double down and, and add a corner here for sure. What do you think, J.D.? That's fine. They have no needs. They're literally the perfect team that's going to screw it up again. <laughs> we're letting Davis uh we're getting, we're getting hate for wide receivers in our top top uh 10 here but uh that's you know, okay it's yeah he's just pointing out and also he's, the he's right but at the same time we're gonna be right so it's all right the over under was five and a half of receivers and that was a bad number when we yeah. think when we literally think six to eight I, I think eight are gonna go 
Oh my God, that would be Christian. Christian Watson's getting all kinds of buzz at the end of the first round. Dotson teams sure. are much teams are much higher on Dotson than we think. Uh, I think he's in play for the Eagles for sure. I think Dotson's in play in this range for sure. I I, I kind of think this has to be Jordan Davis's floor. Like I feel like he probably could have been the pick to Houston at thirteen. See, I keep forgetting who where he's gone. Yeah, I think we this needs to be uh, Jordan Davis. I think that's the pick. Um, again, like he very well could have gone in the last couple of picks just before that too. And if he falls in those teams that we already drafted receivers for, uh, like I said, it, it's about filling out for me anyways, for the saints and Eagles, it's about filling out a receiver with one of those two picks for each. And if a player like Jordan Davis falls, they probably take him and they grab a receiver with the next one. Back to the Eagles for Daigle. Um, some of the, I think, you know, linebackers that we had talked about earlier are still on the board here. That seems to be in need for Philadelphia uh, on the defensive side. But uh, what do you think they do here with their second of two firsts? Since Devin Lloyd is someone who's getting talked about at the end of like even the top 10, let's just get him off the board here. I think it makes a lot of sense. Connor? He's a, pl- he's a player, like when you get to the end of the first rounds and you're making sure you squeeze guys in just to have the mock names correct, Who is it? like what you're not yeah. leaving out Devin Lloyd. Yeah, let's go. Let's go with Devin Lloyd. This may be early for the range, but you're not leaving him out of your first round. Yeah. Um, all right. So Saints, Saints. here. Uh, I think that we're looking at Willis. No quarterbacks have gone right. Uh, We've not drafted any quarterbacks. Yeah, that's bad. Um, I think that in this spot, if the Saints are still on the board, I think they'd probably trade up uh, again to like 13 in that range for a guy that they like. Uh, if Willis or Pickett is there, I think Pickett's kind of a low-key good fit with the Saints. Um, you know, a little bit pro-ready, uh, fairly accurate, maybe not the biggest arm, but again, you know, that's not necessarily what they've needed for the last, you know, 15 years with uh, Drew Brees. So I think that, you know, Kenny Pickett here certainly could fit. Uh, I, I, and they're, they're, them and the Steelers are both rumored to, to quarterbacks here and, and very heavy in the quarterback market. So again, I think they trade up, but in this spot, probably go Pickett. That's fine. I I don't know. Like I said, my mock, I have Pickett to Carolina at six. I don't know where Pickett goes if he doesn't go to Carolina. Even though Jeremiah thinks this is the range, I, I don't know why any of these teams would take him over Malik Willis or Desmond Ruger, all who I don't think are good either. I think the whole class is bad. So I, I just think teams are significantly higher on Ritter and Willis in that order. The issue is when we get to 20 up here next, is that they are very clearly higher on Willis than Ritter. So they're the wrench in this whole debacle. Uh, Quarterback's fine. Quarterback's fine. All right, we'll give it to Kenny Pickett. Pat, um, Noonan, I think you you got to make a guest pick here. Uh, I don't need to – or you got 20 at Steelers. I think Daigle wanted to go Willis, right? That's what – I mean – I think that that makes – Okay. A ton of sense if he happens to be there and they can, in a similar way to what the Patriots did last year, is they will able to kind of stay home and get a guy that everyone, you know, or at least address a position that everyone had them kind of pegged for. So that would work out very well for the Steelers. The Patriots, I would be shocked if they make the pick. It just, they just don't typically make their first round picks very often. They understand that this is a crapshoot and understand that the uh, best bet is to get as many shots at the board as possible. Um, they have a, a number of needs. They, again, lost J.C. Jackson, so cornerback makes a lot of sense. They let Shaq Mason go, so the offensive line, especially on the interior, makes a lot of sense. Um, they Again, you have some holes all over the place, and there's some guys that have slid a little bit too. Um, I could see them adding uh, Zion Johnson internal 
offensive lineman, Boston College kid that they're probably seen a lot of in person over the last couple of years. But uh, yeah, I can go a lot of different ways. Who, who do you got, Connor? Yeah, I, I think originally I had like one of the offensive linemen, like maybe like Kenyon Green or something like that. I, you know, it's, again, it's just like a total crapshoot, I think. Yeah, it's a guard though that fits the, you know, the Shaq Mason hole that they need to, you know, they like to have six offensive linemen um, pretty often. It's kind of like, you know, a thing that they've been adamant about having that detailed ability to flex guys in and out, knowing that you're going to lose some guys. So um, let's go offensive line for the Patriots. They're not going to take anybody, but I'm going to go with Zion Johnson here because uh, I don't think either of you will, uh, you know, have a big complaint here. I don't even know if he's going to be in my first round, but yes, offensive line. I agree. Uh, Diggle 22 green Bay. Now the question is the Packers go receiver here or wait. I don't think I'm not of the belief they're going to double dip. So it's just a matter of when and who they want to pick. Uh, Dotson or George Pickens, I think of their options here. I also think the Cardinals are in play for a receiver next. So I will go Dotson. I'm not sure that's the one, but I'll go Dotson just to get him off the board and play around with the end. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I originally would, that's what I, I was debating on between. I originally had them at Olave falling like here somehow, uh, you know, if he didn't go 11, but. You know, again, I think that there's like 10 teams here that are wide receiver need, so I'm more than fine. Uh, you can slot in whichever wide receiver you think fits best. I like Dotson here too. I think he makes a lot of sense for them. And uh, I think that cashes are over on the wide receivers in the first rounds. We didn't have fantasy guys with another receiver. Box checks here. Could do another one here to Arizona. Probably have some more for you too. So uh, hold on to your butts. Um, what do you got here, Connor? Arizona? Yeah, it sucks because both the wide receivers I had slotted in, which were Dotson and Traylon Burks, are already off the board. Um, you know, I don't, I don't really want to reach on that. I guess, do you guys have any other, um, like, you know, selections that you guys love here? Uh, just because based on what I've seen, like, this is like, I mean, it seemed like they, I've heard they've been eyeing wide receiver, but at the, at the end of the day, like, you know, all of the wide receivers, except for, I mean, there's Christian Watson, there's Sky Moore, we're both still in play here. Uh, probably at this point, I guess, yeah, they, they brought in, uh, like, Dalmere's looking point, McDuffie to Arizona. I mean, he's, going to be a teens player and now we're sitting at 23 and he's still on the board so yeah um, i think i have mcduffie going to philly with one of those picks yeah um, so I, I think that's probably a good look here all right mcduffie this is the best point though take just take whoever schrager says for the cardinals uh with their last mock draft as anthony miko likes to point out uh multiple times you know it's same for the last uh, mock draft is definitely is like always clutch same for jeremiah and jets he's usually yep, jeremiah the, jets the decider um, on what the jets are actually going to do for sure Yep, and this is the process. You know, again, not we're two weeks out. We're trying to decipher what we know now, what the markets are telling us. Trying to have uh, you know a little bit of fun with this conversation. It's obviously uh, don't get big mad online about uh, our mock draft today and, and take it too seriously. Uh, Tegel, well, Dallas. we're taking we're taking it seriously. So get as mad as you want. Uh, <laughs> we, we may have not taken the what the subject was of this pod seriously until we got on, but nonetheless. If Traylon Burks is not on the board, given his uh, Arkansas ties to Jerry Jones, that's the one receiver Jerry Jones actually said out loud the Cowboys are interested in as well. If he's not on the board, I think they have offensive lineman bullseye. They, they don't have any other options. They don't want to do anything else. They've already mentioned interior offensive line is a problem. That's where they're going to go. So I'm going Kenyon Green. I agree with that one. Connor, any uh, strong disagreements? Nope. 
Um, let's see here. What was it? I think Silva brought up that they like Zion Johnson, yep. the Cowboys. I would still go Kenyon Green over Johnson, but we also in this practice took Zion at 21. But I think the point is offensive line. That's what the Cowboys yeah. are going to do. That's yeah. really what I'm using this practice for is this position is what I believe this team will do. I'll figure out the players in a bit. Yep, 25 is interesting to the Bills. Again, a team we obviously think is mostly ready to continue to compete. Connor, 25, not a ton of holes. What do you think that they do here? Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of links to Brees Hall. Uh, I'm not really buying it, to be honest. I don't know. It just seems like it's not really that strong enough connection. Uh, and they've been largely a little bit smarter in their draft. I think that uh, either Daxton Hill or Care Elim are like both good fits here. Um, you know, and I think that. They could use either one of them. So, I mean, I know, so Daxton right now is whatever, 19th on Daniel Jeremiah's big board, I think 18th on Lance Zierlin's. And I think that, you know, like those are actually the two big boards that actually matter because they're, you know, like at least reasonable guys who could, you know, could at some point perform in the NFL as, as uh, you know, acting in a role. Uh, so I think that their big boards matter. And they also take like feedback from teams. Uh, also both of them, or at least Jeremiah has them in the first round. So I think that Daxton Hill, um, makes sense here but again i think he makes sense in like two or three other picks here uh as well so i don't i don't really have too strong of a lean but i think that they probably go that way uh, i'm not really not buying the Brees hall stuff to be honest problem here is that jackson hill you know i don't know if the safety corner safety's a strength for this team um do they feel he that play he is... like everywhere though you know yeah i mean that's the thing is i think it's going to take one team to just decide okay i'm confident putting him on the other side of you know tradavius white and he's going to be our corner and we have you know, a great secondary. That would be a great secondary. I just don't know if that's um, what they think. Again, it'll take one. I know he's obviously, I agree. He's a first round pick. He's obviously ascending. We took some first round money on, on Dax Hill. Uh, I like the player quite a bit. Um, what do you think here, Daniel? I am somewhat believing the Brees Hall hype. Uh, the fact we've had numerous reporters discuss it. Also that McDermott, has been looking for any amount of explosiveness in the running game. That's also why they signed Matt Breida before they just healthy scratched him because they they literally just want explosive runs. Devin Singletary played great towards the end of the year, but Zach Moss and Devin Singletary's they drafted exclusively for their broken tackle rate, and then they realized once they got to the league, these guys break tackles, but they don't bust off long runs because they're not explosive. Like they break tackles and strafe because they're slugs. So I really do think they're looking for a home run hitter or a strong third down option. Brees Hall does both. Just in having 93 career receptions in college as well, that's an immense number across four seasons. So I think it is Hall. Um, also, I have sprinkled – this is an unofficial bet. I sprinkled James Cook as the first running back. I think we're hearing the, the drum beat pretty loudly enough for him and no other teams mentioning Brees Hall that – it makes me interested enough to say, okay, well, there's a wild card here for a player to go over Brees Hall. So I think this is where I'm putting him, but also I did sprinkle because the number's so good at uh, 50 to one, something like that. Um, I'll have to look yeah. at it for James like, Cook to be the first running back. Yeah, like 35 to one. I also was kind of talking about with some other people today, like as the running back gets later and later and we have less of a concrete fit to a player team, I think it's way more volatile. Like all it takes is one team viewing a guy like James Cook higher than them, especially as, if we if they get no running backs in the first round, you should not be laying Brees Hall at anything more than like minus one fifty. Uh, you know, like I think that that's like 
and now we're at minus 300. I think it's actually like an egregious price because even though Brees Hall might be a better prospect in the second round, I mean, anything can happen. Like these teams are just all over the place. They could totally view these prospects differently. In the first round, I think we have a little bit more concrete example of which teams like which running back. I mean, we saw it, whatever, two years ago, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire went over two prospects that everyone viewed as better uh, and was the Chiefs' last pick of the first round there. And so I think it just gets way more volatile now in this range than what we're used to. Yeah, I mean, I I don't have Hall going there, but if you know Daigle has feels confident in it, I kind of with Connor. I, I I think Corner, but I don't know if if Dax is the guy. Like it's just kind of a tricky. We don't have a, a, a much of a consensus here to uh, to get down on. I think there are questions. Way, that, I thought Booth made a lot of sense here, but the reports today about concerns around his hernia surgery. Um, you know, if he's going to be, you know if he can hang uh, Evan wants to talk about James cook as a potential RB one. I think from a fantasy standpoint, as a pass catcher, um, you know, he profiles as a terrific fantasy back um, be interested to see if someone actually wanted to take him over Walker and hall when it comes to being on the clock. But I think from a fantasy standpoint, it's going to be very, very interesting. Also, if Daxton Hill is declared a cornerback in the draft, I'm sure you've, you've sifted through this already. That means over one and a half safeties. We still need someone besides Kyle Hamilton, correct? Yeah, you need Lewis Cine seen, but uh, I mean the chance. That's why of, Connor, when you texted one and a half, uh, Noonan and I weren't weren't sure about it, and that's. I mean, why. I think that that chance is like really, really slim at this point. Um, but also, kind of going into that bet as well. I know ETR played it at minus two hundred. I mean, I we hit it at minus one thirty, minus one seventy, and I hit it minus one eighty. So, uh, I mean, I think that Seen sneaks in, but I also think Hill is like a locked-in first-rounder pretty much at this point. Um, maybe but it's not about the designation. In, but... It's not even about but, Hill. Yeah, it's not about yeah. Hill. It's about... Right. Uh, I mean, I haven't... I know he can play corner, but there's been no, like... There ha- you know... in, in his report, he's been mentioned about switching the corner. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I get That's that why, at like, some that, point. I don't count but... him as a safety. That's my issue. So I'm not... And there are a lot of sharp people on it at minus 180, minus 200. I'm not as high on that number as everyone else. I agree, just because I... We don't know yet. We haven't seen that, and I feel like that's a that in itself is speculative. And I want to make sure that we the, get that. The Lewis I know scene, we can play it, but I want to see what they classify him as. That's I the think out of hype was like some guy in a Waffle House just tweeting he had sources. That's it. Like it's I haven't seen anything else besides that. All right, let's go Hill. We'll go Hill here. Um, it's going to be a corner. He's an exciting player. He's ascending. He's not going to be labeled as a corner. He'll be labeled as a safety. He can play corner, but he's never been labeled as a corner in his entire like career. Okay. Well, for the sake of here, they don't even know what to do with him. They put him as DB. Yeah. Um, that's they put everyone else as corner. Man, they like... put him, you know. So again, no one's arguing if he can play the position. I'm talking about a designation that would classify him as a safety to cash the draft props. I don't know what that's going to be yet. Yeah. Tennessee, 26 to Daigle. Um, some thoughts and discussion around a quarterback. I don't see that per se. Um, seems like a stretch for a team that just continues to hang around and maybe overperform and is in the playoff mix every year. Very winnable division again. I don't know that taking a quarterback currently makes a lot of sense for them, but uh, I could be wrong if they happen to have a guy that they like here. And I've seen some sharp people take some speculative looks along uh, at that. What do you think Tennessee does here, Daigle? They're also so piss poor at using their high draft capital intelligently. Um, 
multiple injured players in the first round the past couple of years, including as a Wilson, who I don't, I don't think he played a single snap for them eventually um, due to other reasons, but man, they're so bad at drafting. That's why quarterback would like the smoke that is coming for that does make sense. Uh, I don't know. Someone help me out. I don't have a lean. Take a plummeting player. Yeah, like like who who do we have left on the board that's been like falling? I'm sure that we we have not been going in consensus order well, at all. Offensive lineman from uh, Iowa still here, uh, Tyler Lindbaum, who you know I think people liked. Um, is that you know, Car- Car- Laftis is still on the board? Though. Car- Laftis is still on the board. Uh, uh, we, we fucked that up. I think um, in my I didn't have I think I had Karaftis somewhere earlier, but um, I think I yeah. had Devontae Wy- uh, Wyatt going here in uh, the mock that I have coming. Um, again, I think all these guys should probably be off the board, but again, like. I'm clicking the buttons. I don't necessarily uh, agree with with all the pecs. So I can I can go either way here. I think that you know both of these guys, Garlaftis, Lindenbaum, um, this is a good spot for Wyatt. I think they should all kind of be off the board. So what do we think the best here, Garlaftis? Yeah, Carl, I mean Garlaftis is over under 16 and a half. Linderbaum's is 27 and a half. Uh, yeah. Wyatt's is now thanks to our friend over here, Vegas Refund, open at 14 and a half is now at like 20 and a half. I, I haven't checked since. He posted that, but it's probably going to close in the 20s, is what I guess. All right, let him slide. Tampa Bay, another team that's being talked about, obviously, with addressing some internal offensive line issues. Uh, what do you got here? Uh, it's on Connor. Yeah, I think I think offensive line, or uh, I mean, Wyatt is fine too. I think Wyatt's interesting, or we could go uh, offensive line. I think either one. Taylor, any thoughts here? Decent needs relative for both. I think it's offensive line. Offensive they line. pretty much they pretty much shored up their secondary. They brought back everyone once Tom Brady announced he was coming back. And in losing Jordan Whitehead, like other secondary players like that, they signed their replacement in free agency. So they're pretty stocked already in outside of interior offensive line. All right, interesting. Green Bay, second of two here in the first, 28 to uh, Daigle. What do you think they do? I don't think they double dip at wide receiver – either who's a player that we need to get off the board uh what what about uh we go linebacker quay walker uh i mean that's that's interesting he's got a little bit you know later uh we could also that's who i have here i have i have quay walker you you have quay okay well i mean that's that's destiny right there that's cool let's do it actually a good football player from georgia's defense um as opposed to the number one overall pick uh back to back for the chiefs Starting with Connor, you get one here. Obviously, this is the Niners pick. Uh, lots to talk about. Well, they have actually surprisingly a decent amount of holes, considering that they have been, you know, predominant force in the league for a couple of years. Yeah, I mean, I think that we could talk about a wide receiver here. Uh, I mean, like a guy like Christian Watson could make a lot of sense. Uh, there's, again, there, there are a lot of different holes. Um, you know, maybe Andrew Booth uh, could make a lot of sense in this spot as well. Uh, you know, I think, again, like they're, this this one in the draft they can go like any which direction they have two picks in a row so uh let's just make these picks together Daigle. like what 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 do we want to target for them i mean we have two picks here i agree christian watson make that one pick please he and he's being most frequently connected to the chiefs that's why i think he sneaks into the end of the first round no matter what we think of his poor profile and connor make the second one we have a couple of guys here, Connor, that are interesting. We've seen some edge guys, Sorry. some rushers like um, Boye Mafe, uh, Wyatt again, still, you know, interior yeah. defensive lineman still on the board. 
Uh, a lot of people like Dean, again, another Georgia Bulldog who mm-hmm. performed well. Again, you know, charts, um, testing off the charts there. Um, some interesting prospects. I think Logan Hall is interesting. Elam, oh, if you think that they go Elam, yeah, yeah. Elam, yeah. He's been getting a lot of buzz uh, as, as a first-round first round player. All right. Let's go, Elam. Um, right. I guess it's my pick again. Um, Bengals. This is where it's going to get interesting when, you know, doing mock drafts. And it's like you don't always necessarily – again, we're not doing trades. But this is where those spots where you start to get into, like, trading in to get that fifth-year option for the quarterback or, you know, some teams like the Lions pick at 32 and 34 – if they had someone that they really like, like that's kind of why I don't think they go quarterback at two because I don't think they have to. I think if they actually really like one of these quarterbacks, I also think they like Jared Goff more than we do, but they have 32 and 34. If they want to get back into like the mid teens, they have the ammo to do so. So just something that's interesting to see here. When I mean, for me, if, if I'm making the last, whatever, like for me, I had penciled in here, Lewis seen, and then Des- Desmond Ritter to close out the first round. Um, but again, you know, that's, that's just again like my kind of my guess. Also, Tyler Smith, uh, a guy that we like to go first round that we don't have in our first round. Uh, I got Tyler know. Smith going nineteen to the Saints. Yeah, so. I think that he could easily replace any of the offensive linemen that we had on the board. Again, you know, like after like pick fifteen, sixteen, I think we're a little bit too far out and uh, a little bit. It's a little bit of a rough uh, draft here. <laughs> we have people asking for a mock tomorrow, and then Silva saying another one right now. So. Uh, <laughs> Bengals, yeah, not sure. Close it out with Desmond Ritter, though. Yeah, let's do. We'll do scene at thirty-one. I know that there's been some other people mocking that as well. And then, uh, yeah, I, I think Ritter goes round one. There was some quotes today. Uh, whatever, multiple sources said that a bunch of teams have round one grades. I oh yeah, Ritter. it's 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 not just round one. It it could be QB one. Yeah, yeah, I know. So Ritter so played that one. like twenty-five to one. I grabbed a little bit at twenty-two and a half to one. Uh, I mean, again, a little bit like a sprinkle, but. Uh, I, mean, I grabbed 25. You grabbed yeah, some 25. Yep. That's yeah. why that's why the Lions don't screw this up or anything at number two because they will get a great player and they know they can wait till the back of the first round for a quarterback. Yeah, and again, they have 34, so like they can they can move up if they really fancy a guy. They think if you know Pickett's there, it's the same thing. Part of why I don't think the Saints get a quarterback. I get maybe maybe they take one that falls in their lap, but like. I think if they really were trying to get a quarterback with that trade up with Philly, like I think they'd move up even more. But again, in this instance, they fell into, you know, fell into their lap. So um, yeah, that's fun. Hey, I'm up for doing another one tomorrow, Connor. I don't know if you're free and Daigle's golfing. Um, You know, we can digest this one, talk about it, continue to do uh, some more shows here in the next uh, daily mock drafts. We can start our own different podcast and just mock draft a day until the NFL draft. Uh, They will get a different guest. They will get more mock drafts because Noonan, you have your mock draft coming out Friday morning. Uh, yeah, almost done. Been working on it all day. Um, excited about that. And then yeah. I think I'm putting mine up tomorrow night, Thursday night, trying to trying to work around that. Uh, maybe Friday morning with you. I don't know. But yeah, two mock drafts in the next 48 hours. So they will get their answer. Love it. You're going to need to have a, well, I don't know. We'll decide what we want to do. I guess that's kind of up to me. We'll decide what we want to do. Are those going to be free on the site for folks, or do you need to get a subscription? You should probably get a subscription anyway. We'll maybe make them free, um, but we'll see. Uh, maybe the final mock goes behind the paywall. I don't know. We'll figure it out. But uh, that was exciting. We appreciate it. Uh, again, appreciate the feedback. Uh, candid as it is, as always. Mostly friends in the chat, so we could take it. Uh, we don't mind you, uh, you know, hammering us with your your take. So uh, we will be back to do this definitely next week on Wednesday again.
uh, maybe with some guests, talk a little bit more draft. We'll have a little bit more information, maybe some more intel. Um, Pano. Pano checking is in. Back, back from the dead. <clears throat> I don't even have my mic or video. Uh, Luis, supply me with a sure pin mic I can use on the road. Yeah, Daigle's, Daigle's out golfing. So also, One more week, one more episode with guests, and then the big prop show in two weeks, the Wednesday night before the first round with Kanish and Evan Silva as well. So two weeks for that, two weeks for the main event. Have we booked Kanish and Silva? Did we tell them that they're coming? No, we, we haven't you really know, asked. You booked yes, Silva but, uh... 12 hours. <laughs> no, I know that. <laughs> and Kanish acts like he's busy, but he'll be here. He's fine. Kanish is not busy. I mean, he's just like got to clean up the rest of his trash he's by his trailer in eight mile. I mean, that's, yeah. that's about it. He's betting WNBA futures on his phone. He's he's available. So we'll be able to find him. So uh, that'll be draft eve. So that'll be good stuff. So uh, as always, for Connor and Daniel, I'm going to see you next time.